You know, if there's one thing that uh, I hear a lot in a lot of the emails that I receive from people or just when I'm talking to people in whatever context, and that is they want me to somehow take the stress away, take the pain, take the struggle, take just take it away, um, and especially God, take it away. And it's essentially what many of us pray for. It's about stress. We want the pressure that is upon us to leave. And we want the miracle to happen um, so that we no longer uh, have to live under the weight of of it all. And and sometimes it does, doesn't it? Sometimes something happens and ah, the pressure's gone. And stress relief, that's what we want. And we do all sorts of strategies, some good, some not so good, to try and relieve ourselves of the pressure and the stress that we uh, often find ourselves in. Um, I, I really like to read biographies every now and again. Um, the stories of people and how they live their lives. You know, the sportswomen and sportsmen, entertainers, politicians, adventurers. But what about those people who are more like us? You know, they're not sort of the super famous, they're not climbed a mountain or done some incredible feat, but more like us. <laughs> and um, like one of us. And um, there's that song, I think it's Joan Osborne sings, um, If God Had a Name, What Would He Be Called? You know, and I think the human name, of course, would be Jesus. Because God became fully divine and fully human in the form of Jesus. And for a, like a mere microdot of a time, uh, a mere 30 years plus, he, he walked pretty much the dust-filled existence of being fully human. And in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, uh, we have spirit-led observations of his human life. Four biographies. Uh, but they're actually incomplete in the sense that we don't hear every story and every challenge that Jesus faced. We have the highlight reel and some lowlights too. And part of me is that I would love to know more. <laughs> I'd love to know more. Everything that Jesus encountered, every experience, every um, fragment of dusty humanness that he went through. And in, in the last verse of um, John's biography of Jesus, he says this, Jesus did many other things as well, and if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So Jesus did heaps more <laughs> that we don't know about. Um, but what is your version of Jesus like? Describe Jesus to me in a few short sentences. Your version of Jesus well, I think it's most likely going to be formed from, from many, many different sources. Um, reading the Gospels, of course, the, the, those four books in the Bible, um, and how the church presents Jesus to us. And what about the many, many um, movie presentations that <laughs> they portray Jesus? Like, there's the life of Brian from Monty Python, uh, or to the Passion. Um, and there's countless other stories of Jesus. But one of the common uh, representations of Jesus, I find, is that 
one that is most attractive to us is that he is a handsome Jewish man. Yes, he was a Jew. <laughs> and, and, and he seems to float through life like a cloud. An ethereal Jesus, I would call him. Someone of the heavenlies. Disconnected from the realities of the here and now. Lacking substance and form. Beautiful, handsome, one who had no problems and floated through life. <laughs> he was like, you know, some people have this version of Jesus. He was like this airbrushed, warm, fuzzy Jesus. Because that's, I suppose, what we want ourselves. We want to float through life as well and for everything just to go perfectly well. It's a warm, sunny winter's day here at the moment. It's so lovely. and That's what I'd like. I'd just like that to be like that all the time. But uh, this was not so for Jesus. Instead, our Marvel superhero, <laughs> he also knew the fullness of human grief, loneliness, betrayal, anger, rejection, abandonment, hunger, physical pain, anxiety, and sadness. Everything he felt, we felt also. Um, there was a movement a few years ago around the question of the acronym of WWJD. What would Jesus do? <laughs> But I'd like to know what would G, what like I'd like to know WWJT what would Jesus think and WWJF what would Jesus feel you know and if I was to choose a traveling companion or a coach or someone to support me <coughs> and guide me I would want someone who knows firsthand the experiences and the struggles that I face that they have um <clears throat> been there, done that, and they've got the scars to prove it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I would want a God who has wounds. Say that again. I want a God who has wounds. And there's this piece of poetry called Jesus of the Scars. I'm going to read it to you now. And it was written by a um, a soldier who went through World War One. I, I think it is. Here's the story. Here's the poem. If we have never sought thee, we seek thee now. Thine eyes burn through the dark, our lonely stars. We must have sight of thorn pricks on thy brow. We must have thee, O Jesus of the scars. The heavens frighten us, they are too calm. In all the universe, we have no place. Our wounds are hurting us, where is the balm? Lord Jesus, by thy scars, we claim thy grace. If when the doors are shut, thou drawest near, only reveal those hands, that side of thine. We know today what wounds are, have no fear. Show us thy scars, we know the countersign. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds only God's wounds can speak, and not a god has wounds but thou alone. And that was from Jesus of the Scars by Edward Shalito. Look, I know people who have scars on their bodies. Some through accidents and burns and you know, that sort of thing. But sadly, some through acts of self-harm, the cutting, the burning, self-mutilation, they, they warm to a saviour who has scars. Jesus had scars. We, you know, we, we are most familiar, of course, with the ones on his hands and his feet in his crucifixion. But perhaps he also had a few others um, in the stories that weren't told. 
maybe a cut from a chisel dropped from his father's carpenter's table and it grazed his legs, you know. They didn't have work safety then. <laughs> um, or maybe a stubbed toe. And I think of all the calluses, of course, built up from walking stony paths. You see, every scar tells a story. I have scars on my body that I can say, well, I got that through this accident or this situation. Scars invite us to know the story and our put, to put our fingers into them. And if you come over to the blog, uh, I've got a picture from Caravaggio of, it's a powerful picture of Jesus pushing uh, Thomas's doubting hands into his wound on his side. But what about the scars on Christ's heart, on the heart of Christ? The losses, the hurts, the disappointments. If he were fully human, yet fully divine, he would have been carrying his, his load of scars and loss. You see, I want a mentor who carries scars, not social media slick. Been there, done that, got the scars to prove it. I wonder what Jesus would say about stress. They didn't use the word stress, of course, back in Jesus' day. But what would he talk about if he were to run a workshop or give a series of lectures about stress? Maybe in the park down the road from you or the local cafe or pub. What would his memoir be from his lived experience? What would he want to pass on to us about coping with stress. And if you've got some thoughts, <laughs> I'd love to hear them. Send me an email, uh, barry at turningthepage.co.nz. Here's some quotes for you to consider. It is the unrivaled wonder of the gospel of Jesus Christ that no other God has wounds. Osgenes. Our definition of God has been inadequate. We, are envisioned, we envision God as complete and all-powerful and not suffering. But I think God is suffering, and when we suffer, we are somehow in solidarity with God. Richard Raw. The reason we sin and suffer so much is not so much because we are weak, but simply because we are human. To be human means to be imperfect and in process. Richard Raw. We think, wrongly, that God can only love perfect things. What a tiny and weak God that would be. <laughs> Amen to that. Richard Raw. Uh, the moment God is figured out with nice, neat lines and definitions, we are no longer talking about God. Well, no, we, we are no longer dealing with God. Rob Bell. And I always try to preach from my scars, not my wounds. So talking about depression is not in any way a wound for me. Nadia Bolsweber. Our great problem is trafficking in unlived truth. We try to communicate what we've never experienced in our life. Dwight Moody. Here's some questions for you to consider. Number one, every scar has a story to be told. What stories, both good and bad, carry scars for you that would help others? And number two, what stories of others haven't appealed to you and why? And I'm thinking of like stories that you seem to connect to. Well, why is those stories connect to you more deeply than some other stories? Number three, what would Jesus want you to know about handling stress? 
Hey, I hope you found this helpful, Jesus of the Scars. And if you'd like to email me, please, I'd just love to hear from my readers, watchers, listeners. It's barry at turningthepage.co.nz. And um, just a big thank you again to those people who support Turning the Page, um, just like either Dinobox or Patreon. Um, One dollar a month is, is so, goes so far when, you, um, when you're running a website and doing work online. But thank you so much, and I look forward to uh, talking to you next week. I'm going to continue on a series about Jesus and stress. So please uh, share with me your thoughts and ideas. Okay, bye.